as I was ending the class, I just felt so, yeah, the same feelings of just feeling unworthy and feeling like, you know, why am I here? Like, I, why am I, like, I was just feeling failure. Failure is the word that came to me. Like, I failed. And I was like, you know, I I was thinking, you know, Rod, Rod is never going to want me to teach again. And, you know, and I was just feeling, you know, just horrible. And, but, you know, the exact, like, as it ended, Rada came up to me and she gave me a huge hug. And she, the first words that came out of her mouth was, I want you to teach here full time. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Sometimes there are people in our lives who are tremendously inspirational and they do things that uplift us and motivate us and make us think we can do that too. It's fabulous to listen to their stories and it's fabulous to picture what we too could do in our life if we applied the same level of determination to overcome our internal challenges and external challenges to achieve our goals. In today's episode, I bring back for the fourth time one of our community's favorite child or, or ladies, however you want to call it. She's just turned 30 and uh, her name is Katie. She's been on the podcast on three occasions talking about her three different things. On her first episode, she came on and she was talking about how she was able to come off her non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and Vicodin, both of which she'd been on for many years for her rheumatoid arthritis that she was diagnosed with when she was only one year old. She's lived with inflammatory arthritis her whole life, and so she's been through a tremendous amount of challenges, as you can imagine. In the second episode, she came on to talk about how she was successfully able to come off Enbrel, a biologic drug, and how the journey between her first appearance on the show and second appearance on the show had evolved. And both episodes are available to watch back in our archive. You can find those and learn all about Katie's journey to that point. And then in the third episode, Katie came on for a specific uh, targeted episode where we addressed wrists and wrist inflammation. Katie was able to show us in that episode the exercises, both stretching and strengthening exercises that she recommends based on the improvements that she's made with her wrists. And that is a very practical and implementable episode where you can learn how to improve your wrists. So that's also available. Uh, Go back and check out those episodes with Katie. Today, we're going to talk all about the journey that she has made to become a yoga teacher. So this was a goal of hers it was not easy to do this. So I cannot wait to hear the details of how Katie overcome some very significant odds to be able to realize a major goal for her in her life that she set up just a few years ago. So Katie, thank you so much for coming back and gracing us with your presence today. Thank you so much for having me, Clint. 
I've given you, uh, I've given the audience a, a, a little bit of a background there on uh, on your journey, and your appearances to our audience. What's it feel like to be able to sit here and and be able to tell a story now, a really positive story about realizing the dream to become a yoga teacher? Uh, it feels kind of overwhelming. It doesn't like it hasn't fully set in. I believe that, you know, I'm a teacher now. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it feels incredible. It feels like, you know, I've, I've fought really hard to get to where I am today. And um, of course, I wouldn't be here today without your support and without all the all of my yoga instructors and students and fellow RA warriors. And yeah, just super excited and excited for my future and yeah absolutely and what's really cool is that today whilst COVID has been so tremendously awful for the world in so many ways one thing that has come out of it is the need to do online yoga classes to reach people who are at home who were previously attending a local studio that the studio is now closed and you are now doing classes that are accessible to people all over the world. And one of the beauties of that is that our community can find out what time you are teaching your classes and they can attend your classes knowing that the sequence of postures in your yoga classes are rheumatoid arthritis friendly. So before we go any further, For those people who want to immediately bookmark a website or to check out your web page or something, how do people find out when your classes are on and do them with you? Yes. So if you go to esocgarcia.com, on the very top of the screen, it'll show E84 Virtual Studio. And so you would click on that and then you scroll all the way down to the bottom and then it will show a schedule. And it will list all the classes and categories. They have an advanced class, intermediate class, and then the 26 and 2, which is the class that I teach. And then so on each day. And so I teach on every Thursday and every Saturday morning. And so you can check out the schedule and um, you can register to click. You click on my class and um, it's really easy, really simple to register and sign up. And um, they have all the times listed for the country. So if you're, you know, if you live in a different area, it's really laid out pretty clearly. So. Okay. Beautiful. So just to recap, that's esacgarcia.com. Can you spell that for us? E S. A-K-G-A-R-C-I-A.com. Dot com. Yep. And then from there, they can navigate from a drop down at the top and find Katie who does the 26 and 2 classes. Okay. Beautiful. Cannot wait. Now, tell us what yoga style did you learn and Why? given that I've already given a, uh, a a clue there that it's very rheumatoid arthritis friendly. Yeah. So I started your program about four years ago now. It's crazy. It's been four years. And um, then I started Bikram. I started Bikram yoga off of your recommendation, actually, a couple of weeks after starting your program. 
which is the 26 and two series. And yeah, I completely just fell in love with it. You know, I took my very first class and of course, you know, it was, it was traumatizing. It was scary. (laughs) It was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) what am I doing? But, you know, the very next day I felt so much better. And um, it was the first, it was the only exercise that I've done that I felt better after class. I've always felt worse. And so, yeah, it, it quickly became became my medicine. It became my passion. Um, the more I practiced, the more I fell in love with it. And um, it's completely transformed my life. And I knew in my head that eventually I would like to become a Bikram teacher and um, be able to share this practice with, with other people who are, you know, who are struggling and other people with RA. And yeah. yeah. And I remember you were just sort of uh, toying with the idea quite early on. And we just gave you so much love on, we just threw so much loving fire on that, on that for you. We just said, Katie, you'd be the best. You just, you, you, you are so inspiring. Come on, you can do it. And, and I, and all of us inside our support group, you know, we were all just loving on that idea so hard. It felt like eventually you had to just go for it. (laughs) Yes. I'm so grateful for all of your support. Couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> but you had such tremendous obstacles to overcome, both internally. I'm sure you know you raised some things with us. I'm sure that in internally, meaning like uh, concerns, worries, fears, insecurities, were going to be at play. Thinking about becoming a teacher, and also external, you weren't able to uh, do to to take the classes, uh, the educational classes and training nearby in your in your area. You would have had to travel, and then there was financial issues. But I don't want to. I just I just know so much of this journey myself. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But uh, tell us those. Tell us those. First of all, the internal challenges. What what was the, what were you thinking, uh, frightening you about becoming a teacher? You know, it was a lot of um, a lot of like not feeling worthy and um, not feeling like you know I deserve to stand up on you know on a podium and and teach twenty to thirty people where I can't even do half the poses myself, you know, and um, so it was a lot of it was a lot of feel of feeling of um, you know I I don't deserve to be a teacher. Um, and also just scary of just standing up front and having people look at me, you know, I mean, even though, you know, there's the mirrors and people are supposed to be concentrating on themselves and stuff, but, you know, just, just, and, and just speaking for 90 minutes in front of a, a, a group of yogis was, was traumatizing to me, but at the same time, it was really exciting. And like, I knew that, you know, I would grow a time, you know, like you, you don't grow unless you're out of your comfort zone. And, um, and so I just kept it in the back of my head, you know, one day, one day I'll become a teacher, like way far out in the distance, you know, like maybe 10, 15 years in the future. And then, yeah, then I guess, you know, COVID started and I was recently, you know, needed to move out of my house, move out of where I was staying at. And so I, I guess, you know, so I moved to, I put out a, a message on one of the Bikram Yoga Facebook groups and, you know, reached out and said, hey, I need, I need somewhere to stay. 
And one of my yoga friends who I've competed with in the past um, graciously offered his a room in his house in Sacramento. And so I took that scary kind of leap of faith. And like, I've never, you know, I've never moved out of out of Oregon of where I was going. And um, I was like, all right, I'm 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 going to Sacramento. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and this is right when COVID started. So like the airports were completely empty. And like, you know, there's all this, you know, fear of the yeah. unknown. And, um, but it turned out to be exactly where I needed to be. I, it, it couldn't have turned out more perfectly and super grateful to Victor who, you know, opened his house to me and yeah. And, um, and so that's kind of where it all started. And then I started doing some online, started doing some work for Isak Garcia. Mm-hmm. Now he's a, a sort of a well-known, highly regarded yogi, correct? Yes, he's a he's the international yoga champion, and he founded he founded um, Jedi Fight Club, which is a um, very intensive seven day yoga training that's outside of um, Bikram Yoga. Right. Uh, so and so, I started doing that virtually with him, and so I um, and started working with him with the social media stuff, and so I started getting to know him and his team a little more throughout the summer. And yeah, then I just, I had just casually mentioned to him, you know, yeah, I'd like to become a a teacher one day. And um, and then before I knew it, you know, he called me up, you know, one of the days, I think it was either June or July of last year. And and we kind of had a heart to heart conversation and we both kind of came to the same conclusion that, you know, now is the time, like, what am I waiting for? Like I should, you know, (laughs) so did. Did ESAC uh, help to soften a lot of the fears that you had, those concerns? Like, what did he say to you, if you may recall, that helped you think, okay, look, I'm going to go for it? Well, you know, and I mentioned to him the fact, you know, that I can't do most of the poses that Mm. I feel feel insufficient. And he was, and he kind of, you know, he kind of took that down. I can't remember his exact words, but he was basically like, Katie, you don't need to, you don't have to be perfect to be a yoga teacher. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to have the perfect postures. Like it matters, you know, what's in your heart, you know. And, you know, and he kind of, you know, he asked me, you know, have you ever done speeches out, you know, have you ever been up front on a stage before and stuff? And I was like, yes, I've done a few speeches for you and for Clint Patterson and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, you can do this like you, Mm. you know. And Mm. um, yeah, he was just extremely supportive. And um, and Mm. so I was okay and uh, i was like i'll I'll do this and um can i can i ask just at this point because this isn't even clear to me quite the the evolution of change for studios that previously taught bikram yoga and are now shifting to a title of 26 and 2 can you give us the short version of that evolution and why well, it's I for me, it's basically I think it's because of the whole thing surrounding Bikram Yoga, um, Bikram Chowdhury himself and the things that have happened in his personal life um, that people started going drifting away from the Bikram Yoga because they they felt like he was a part of that. 
Um, and so, so studio owners just slowly started to change the name so that people could realize that, you know, he's, I mean, yes, he, he brought the yoga to us and we're super grateful for that, but he's not like, we're not paying him or he's not paying us or, you know, he's not affiliated with the studio themselves, you know? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but for people just to have complete clarity, it is the same sequence so that if they were previously undertaking Bikram and now they hear of 26 and two, they can know that they're still going to get the same sequence, which I've spent many an hour over many years explaining how good it is for people. So we won't cover old territory there. Okay. So thank you for that. And so with the discussion with ESAC, you're like, okay, look, I'm going to take this enormous leap of faith being cheered on by the RA community who, who love me and also by this mentor of mine, Isak, who seems incredibly soft and gentle and inspiring and caring and wise. So you said, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, what were the next challenges that laid in your path? Um, well, the biggest challenge was the financial financial issues. Um, I don't have an income, and so I was like, you know, how am I gonna uh, how am I gonna afford to? Because the training is out in Boulder, Colorado, and <laughs> which I've never visited, never gone to before. And so, yeah, so I started a I started a GoFundMe account and you know, just kind of put the word out there and super generous people are super generous people from my yoga studio and from, you know, your community that are our community. And, you know, if you're watching this and you've donated to my account, super, super grateful to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I got more than enough to, to pay for my plane ticket and most of my expenses there. And then um, the work that I've been doing for ESOC is also paying off my, my tuition. Um, and so that was another huge part. And yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of all came into place and um, it all fell into place perfectly. And, um, you know, part of our requirement Prior to going to Boulder Bikram Yoga, um, prior to going to training, we had to practice Bikram Yoga 11 times a week for a whole month. And this is, you know, when all the studios were shut down. And so thankfully it was during the summer and I was able to go out in the sun, the hundred, hundred plus degree weather every day and um, be able to, you know, do my 11 classes a week um, out in the, out in the grass and then I had a personal mentor to help me do the dialogue and learn the dialogue. Um, I've never been very good at memorizing stuff. And um, we had, so every single, we had three, we had about three to four days to memorize each, each posture. And so that was, that was a challenge. And then especially as it adds up, you know, cause you, you, you have 26 postures you have to <laughs> memorize. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I had Nika Garcia, which is Isak's older sister, um, as yeah, she was my coach for the for the dialogue training. And um, she's super, super cool, super grateful to her. Um, great coach. Mm, that's wonderful. Uh, was there any time where, you know, you felt like giving up during this? Because it's intense, isn't it? And that's challenging. Were there times where you thought, what am I doing? Definitely. But, he, you know, 
I just kept thinking, you know, I just kept thinking of the future and thinking, you know, if I give up, you know, what's the, Mm. (laughs) what's the point in that? You know, I've put all this effort, all this time, all this, you know, hard Mm. work Mm. into this and, you know, I couldn't give up even if I wanted to give up. (laughs) There's nowhere to go. You're in Boulder, Colorado. (laughs) You're nowhere near home. (laughs) And so, you finished the class, uh, sorry, you finished the training and then tell us about the first experience teaching. Yeah. So, so I got to Boulder, Colorado and when we, so we learn the dialogue before we get to Boulder, Colorado. And then once we get to Boulder, Colorado, we start teaching right, right away. And that was another scary, that was another scary thing. I was like teaching right away. Like, <laughs> like wow. Um, yeah. And so, so my first class teaching was <laughs> very, very interesting. I, uh, I taught from the back row. I taught from the back. And we're is that in- so that you got your lefts and your rights correct? Because when you're facing people, it's mirrored. It is, it is a different, um, you know, but mm. they told me that I could either teach from the front or from the back. And mm-hmm. um, so I thought, you know, it would be easier if I was teaching mm. from the back. <laughs> Where I wouldn't mm. be able to see everything. <laughs> I wouldn't be front facing them. So, so for me, teaching from the back would make sense because I would say if you bring your left leg up and I would, I would, you know, as a beginner teacher, I could then think, okay, I know because I've done the class so many times, I would lift the left leg and say, everyone bring the left leg. But yeah, I hadn't thought of it from this sort of uh, public speaking point of view. It's probably one of the, something that uh, I have a little more experience about. So yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. 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 But it didn't really help much because my emotions were all over the place. I was, I mean, I was crying at some points. I was laughing at some points. Like I felt like bolting out of the room. Like, I mean, just, just all, I mean, and it was just, it was overwhelming being able, you know, talking and having people respond to you and and do what you say especially for someone you know like me with rheumatoid arthritis who you know i'm not a you know i've always been a follower i'm not a leader and so that was huge like to to lead to lead people you know and to see all these bodies you know you know cuz when you're when you're practicing yourself you're focused on yourself you're not really looking around the room yeah, it was just it was just a really overwhelming experience, and like, and I had um, JJ Garcia, which is Isak's brother as well. Um, he was taking notes during my class because you teach four times during the training, and each time you get feedback on on your class, so it kind of helps you. And um, you're watching him, and he's like writing like crazy. Oh no, no. Yeah, so I also had the fear of like you know like oh he's writing a huge long list. <laughs> everything yeah. that I'm saying yeah. wrong and doing wrong and <laughs> um yeah so that was so yeah but and he was he was practicing at the same time he would practice a little bit oh, but God. I also had yeah. I also had Rada Garcia in my class um she went to the she's Isak's mother and she went to the very very first Bikram training before mm-hmm. there was a dialogue um, and so she's super inspiring. And so to have her in the class was, you know, very nervous for me. And then mm-hmm. I had Michael Fine, who's also super inspiring. He was in the class as well. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, and, um, 
you know, but I made it through. I made it through class. I finished. And um, and I just felt, you know, at the like as I was ending the class, I just felt so yeah, the same feelings of just feeling unworthy and feeling like, you know, why am I here? Like I why am I team like I was just feeling failure. Failure is the word that came to me. Like I failed. And I was like, you know, I I was thinking, you know, Rod, Rod is never going to want me to teach again. And, you know, and I was just feeling, you know, just horrible. And, but, you know, the exact, like, as it ended, Rada came up to me and she gave me a huge hug. And she, the first words that came out of her mouth was, I want you to teach here full time. And to have her say those exact words out of just seconds off of what I was feeling of feeling a failure and stuff. It was just, it was just perfect. And, you know, and I started crying and I was like, and, and, and then, you know, JJ came up and he gave me a big hug and, and then he asked the whole, he asked the class to, he's like, this is Katie's first class. So if you could all get together and we'll take group photo together. And it was just so sweet. And it was just, it was just the perfect ending to, to a class that I thought that I did horrible and, you know, that I was never going to be able to teach again. And, but to be, but to have that love and that support was just, yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, there's something about the yoga community they're, they're they just a, such a nice community around the world my my wife's best friends always come from yoga classes and i i know that, that that that's not you know it's not an exclusive source of social interaction but it, you just tend to find that uh if you have a sort of a compassionate soul and if you are sort of a um uh, someone who's interested in mind-body connection, that, you know, the like-mindedness it, it sort of helps build friendships. And it seems very easy to talk to people at yoga studios. There's just a, the, there's no um, barrier to sort of getting to know the the sort of the real person, or at least more of the real person. You know, mm-hmm. I just think that the yoga breaks down that sort of that facade that we put onto the world and we're like, hey, I'm here. I'm just trying to get this body moving the right way and trying to get these worries and thoughts out of my head so that I can live a more of a peaceful, calm, happier life. And you share that kind of uh, uh, objective with the, with the other yogis and you just think, hey, I'm no better than you, especially I think that's evident in your story for 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 her to come over to you and say that, I mean, that's that's you'll never ever forget that. No, no, <laughs> yeah, and you know, then and every every class after that just kept getting a little better and a little better, yep. and you know, yep. and I had you know, and I had three other code and three other people give me feedback on each class, and you know, and my fellow yep. trainees so supportive too like we're all supported each other and it was just like a little yoga family and um yeah it was it was experience of a lifetime really I mean I'm so grateful that I that I chose the training and 
And then, yeah, then I was able, I, I thought that I was going to be going back to Sacramento once the training ended. Um, and then Rada just really wanted me to come and stay and, and teach. And I just kind of went with it. And I was like, let's, let's, why not just stay a little longer? And, um, and so she graciously let me stay up just right above the studio. And so I was able to just walk up and down the stairs to the studio and up to my room and teaching almost every single day and sometimes twice a day and practicing in the hot room and yeah. And getting a whole bunch of feedback and yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was yes. Yeah, yeah. Well done. So you got a real intensive in terms of exposure to the teaching experience. That's one challenge that a lot of yoga teachers face. My wife's also a yogi, a yoga teacher, and but she fell pregnant not long after she did her teacher training. So the challenge for Melissa was that she became a yoga teacher. She started teaching some classes. Then she got pregnant and their life changed because we then we needed to get out of our one-bedroom apartment before baby came. And it, property prices through the roof. So we spent all our time, spare time trying to find an apartment and, of course, uh, you know, everything else in life as well. So, And it's very competitive yoga teacher here in Sydney. Yoga is just, just off the charts, right? So... There's yoga studios everywhere and everyone and the studios have very, very great yoga teachers. She didn't do the 26 and two. She did like a, a vinyasa style. So the style that Melissa's uh, trained for is a style that a lot of other very experienced yoga teachers have perfected right or become extremely good at teaching so yeah so it was hard for her to get a lot of classes and just as it was starting to get more momentum yeah we we had to focus on uh, her being six months pregnant and 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 getting ready to have a baby so so it's great that you got all that opportunity to teach right is what I'm saying like to have the basically the the stage time right you, you had a lot of stage time yeah especially and, uh, after training right after right after you know which is brilliant so since then what now are you working on with your teaching where what are the things that you feel that you've really locked in or become more competent at and what are the things that you still are working on um the biggest thing is just um becoming the most thing that I've really been working on is not is making the dialogue my own, like not just not just reciting word for word for word for word for word, but putting my own life into it. Yeah, I love it. Um, is something I'm still working on it, <laughs> um, but I have improved. I'm I've improved a ton in that area. Um, do you say do you say uh, no light or air like a Japanese ham sandwich? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird things in the original dialogue. Do you say yeah. go back, way back, more back, more back, push back, way back, fall back? <laughs> no, I I do more. Um, Esau has a thing where he goes squeeze, reach, arms back for okay. the half. And so yeah, yeah. I I. We don't, we weren't taught many of the, the regular, I, I guess yeah. you call them bicronisms. Bicronisms, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I say good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so I get I get a lot of my stuff from Isak and from Joseph as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, great. Joseph and Sinia, for those people wondering, who was also on the show several years ago. By the way, if you're looking for these past episodes, uh, the, the show resources and platform shifted uh, about a year ago from pattersonprogram.com forward slash blog, where you can find all of the episodes going back to when this podcast began. Uh, and it shifted now to rheumatoidsolutions.com where you can find episodes um, going back to the transition point, which was about uh, early 2020. Just in case you're wondering what happened to all the episodes on Rheumatoid Solutions prior to uh, sort of uh, early 2020, well, they're all over at pattersonprogram.com. Well, Katie, this has been tremendous. Uh, thank you so much for um, sharing this with us. Uh, you've got those um, two classes a week which people can attend. They can look at the time zones and find out whether or not they can attend them live with you. Let's say people cannot attend either of your sessions live. Are there other sessions on the isacgarcia.com website that they can attend with other teachers? Yeah, definitely. They have a whole wide variety of, of classes and different times of the day. Um, there's a couple of my other fellow tape teacher trainees who are also on the platform um, that teach, um, you know, twice a week as well. And yeah, it's all, all, I know all of the teachers and they're all, they're all very compassionate, very kind, great teachers to take from. I've taken from all, most of them and yeah. Awesome. So what is the next simmering goal that's niggling away at you in the back of your mind. You've just conquered becoming a yoga teacher, which compared to, let's say, four years ago or five years ago, I mean, could I use the word impossible? <laughs> yeah, I, it was the furthest thing from my mind when I first started. <laughs> when I first started. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, to be to be fair without any kind of uh, exaggeration, you were not doing well at that back before you and I connected. It was, it was not, it was not an easy life that you had at that time. And whilst life, I don't think is ever easy for anyone at any time. You know, I, I sincerely feel so happy with how far you've come and life certainly is better now than what it was for you four to five years ago. So I think that this yoga teacher uh, experience has been a fabulous evolution for you as a person. And uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to have witnessed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. We look forward to having you on another episode down the track when you, I, I didn't let you finish. Sorry. I didn't let you finish. Have you got any simmering goals that you're working on for us to look forward to hearing about? I think just furthering my just furthering my teaching education, and um, you know, eventually, eventually, maybe going in further into the E eighty four intermediate teacher training um, that ESOC also does. And I don't know. We'll we'll see where yeah where it goes. See where life takes you, and what calling you get next. Well, congratulations on what you've achieved. I wanted to have you share your story because I think that it is so inspirational, a continual inspirational story. 
And as a community, we're all cheering you on. We think you are amazing. We love you. Well done. Congratulations. Consider a, uh, to remember each day to just to breathe in and think of how far you've come. And whilst life might not still be the way that, you know, some of your friends are at 30 years old, you might still think, look, this still sucks that I have this condition. I never got the childhood that I really would have if I had and so on. We can't change that. And so all we can do is take massive action and seek dreams and achieve them just as you have. So I love what you do. And thank you so much for sharing your update today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Rheumatoid Solutions. If you'd like to get more help to live an easier, healthier, and happier life, visit rheumatoidsolutions.com.